Welcome to the Happy Dog, Happy Human podcast, where we explore the intersection between human mental health and our relationships with dogs. This is Sharon. And I'm Angela. In season two, we're exploring social and cultural phenomena that impact our well being so we can reduce stigma and challenge the status quo while also learning better ways to care for ourselves and our dogs throughout the journey. We hope you love it. Hello, everybody. Sharon here. And this is Angela, and we are now on episode seven of our season two. Crazy. Yes, 15 Um, episodes total. That's, I mean, it's wild to actually think of it like that. Mm -hmm. We've really created a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so this is a topic that we've been wanting to talk about for a while now. So I'm very excited. Um, And the topic is about success with humans this episode. And then Mm. the next episode uh, will be on success with dogs. And uh, today we are going to talk about what success means, what it means to us, um, our own personal experiences with um, striving for success you know, by society standards, by our own uh, expectations of ourselves, and um, how we've learned to move through failure, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, because failure, without failure, there's no success. And without success, there's no failure. So when we're talking about success, we're also going to be talking about failure. Um, and we will have our um, ad break, uh, where you'll hear from our sponsors. And um, after that, we'll talk about um, how we um, move through success and failure. And at the end, we will have a care tip by me. Yay. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, So before we start talking, should we do some breathing? Yeah, I would love that. Okay. So we're going to take a little pause and do some breaths. We would love it if you would... um, do that with us as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back in All right. a couple After a few breaths. <laughs> See you yes. soon. I always feel so good after taking a few deep breaths. Me too, but also I realized how tired I am. Oh no. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could fall asleep right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like so relaxing. You're like, oh yeah, (laughs) that's where I want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get started on this topic. I'm really excited to delve into it. Um, I think something I liked doing in our last, um, episode on toxic positivity was that we looked up the definition 
And I wanted to do the same thing for success. And I think we both did. (laughs) Yeah, we both looked it up separately and put it on our outline for the podcast. Exactly. And we found different definitions. Yeah, which I think was also really fascinating. Um, So we definitely wanted to start there. Um, And I'll start with the one that I found it. And then maybe Sharon, you can share yours after we talk about it. Yeah. So I found one uh, from the Oxford it's just the Oxford Dictionary, right? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> um, and they define success as a noun that is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Hmm. That is very straightforward. Very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I felt like it really, it almost like took the intensity out of the word success. Mm-hmm. Um it just it just felt more like a word instead of mm. something that is so charged um mm. yeah and yeah and I think reading this definition made me realize how charged that word has become um mm-hmm. in our you know everyday lives yeah yeah because you could aim toward anything you know or like do anything on purpose in terms of like if I want to get dressed today, I'm like, have a goal to pick out a cool outfit that feels comfortable and like, okay, I did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and you know, what you said, okay, I, my aim is to complete making dinner, you know, and that could be successful and it could mean something different for different people also. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's what's interesting about the word, you know, this is a simple definition, but when you ask different people what is success to them, they're probably going to have very different answers, Mm -hmm. even though they're all related to this definition. Right. Yeah. Like each person's goal or each person's like purpose or like relationship with purpose or goals is going to contribute to their definition. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the what did you find? Yeah. <laughs> the definition I found was from Merriam Webster's dictionary, and they define success as the attainment of wealth, favor, or eminence, which is like status or superiority. Which is very interesting because that is the way that I would maybe have thought about success if you had asked me what is success from a cultural lens, Mm -hmm. I would think about it having to do with status, which, you know, wealth and all those other things go under that. Yeah. yeah. So both those definitions like ring true to me. I think the first one is more just in a simple, in a simpler way Mm -hmm. of like completing a a, a goal or a purpose. And then the second one really has to do with this more, um, sort of charged definition of what success means in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. I feel like the Oxford definition is like, you can f- attain success, like just based on your own. It's like the, the meaning of the success is defined by you. And with the Merriam-Webster definition, it's like the meaning of success is defined by everybody else and their perspective of you. Yeah, that's so true. So it's it's more of like an internal uh 
drive or perspective versus an external. Yeah. Yeah. And there is two ways. I mean, that, that plays true in my life for sure of when I'm aiming to do something, there is the fuel of what are people around me going to think about this? Mm-hmm. And then there is the internal fuel of what am I going to think about this in terms of myself mm-hmm. and how will I feel about myself? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That really makes me think of, it makes me think of two different things. It makes me think of like the goal that I had in grad school to like obtain a doctoral degree. And then my more recent goal to like build a business. Well, what, what about, what about those things? Like, well, I'm curious. Okay. So like, let's start with the doctoral degree. I mean, we both have higher, quote unquote, higher education degrees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think those are typically thought of as externally. That means that you're successful, right? Mm -hmm. Or is a, uh, what's, what's the word? It's like a bullet point of success in someone's life to have Mm -hmm. higher education. So for you, like what was the aim or purpose of getting your doctoral degree in terms of success? Ooh, that's a great question. There were a couple, like one reason was I wanted to see if I could do it. Mm. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I don't, I don't know if I could do that or like be that person. And I wanted to see if I could. Um, and then another part was to, I guess, open opportunities for myself. Um, work-wise, you know, to like help myself have more opportunities or to be able to do work that felt more meaningful to me. Hmm. So that's like the personal goals. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like in that, and what you're saying though, like those successfully completing that is, was also something that's very good for your self-esteem from your own personal lens and how you feel about yourself yeah yeah and there was an external motivator as well which was like when you when you go into like any kind of like degree program or professional training program you're like there's a goal to be part of that profession right Mm. so I had a goal to um to be part of the healthcare profession, but also to be in relationship or like be, be a colleague of people who are doing animal assisted interventions. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and that also makes me think that every profession also has their own definition of success. Yeah. Mm, That's a good point. And some professions getting that higher education is part of the success, you know, in my, in my master's degree, you go on to get a license afterwards. And I mean, that's also kind of a strange, this is a strange thing because the expectation to be successful is to go get your license, but there are people who choose not to, and to just keep the master's degree, you know, and this is where we keep aiming, you know, more and more forward. And what are we doing that for? And I remember talking to, um, friends slash colleagues in the professional field who decided to only keep 
you know, and I'm saying it also, like I say only keep, but, uh, you know, you hear it in my own, of course, like I've been, it's been colored right in my way that, okay, that you're going to stop there and not keep going. That that means there's some sort of deficiency of success, which is absolutely not the case. And you know, what I was saying before is that I've, I spoke with friends who decided to, um, not pursue the licensure and, having to grapple with feeling not successful because of that but it made sense for them not to uh you know for whatever professional personal reasons yeah yeah I mean like the license is specifically so that you can work with clients right and Correct. like but the degree the knowledge that and the skills that you attain are widely applicable especially in social work I feel like absolutely know? absolutely yeah yeah, but there is that feeling of like, oh, well, I got the, you know, I successfully got the license. So that puts me at a different status. So then we're going back to the second part, the second dic- dic- uh, dictionary definition, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, yeah. And so this becomes very complicated, I think, for people on an individual level, because what you were describing, like what is driving us to do these things? Mm -hmm. Is it something that's external that we want um, to, you know, to be seen a certain way? Is it all, is it internal? Is it both? I mean, it probably is both also. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think, yeah, this this is why it's such a, it's such a, it's such a heavy word success, you know, mm-hmm. it isn't so simple because it can mean so many, so many different things. And there's so many different things that drive us to success yeah. or to want to be successful, whatever that means. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the challenge is like, well, what happens if you, if it doesn't turn out, the way that you thought or like you have to change course or like you said if like you choose to not um not go the direction that everybody is expecting or that the profession deems as like completion of the process yeah and also um you know on on top of that like completely just blanked out what I was going to say so intently I hate when that happens I'm glad that you said that back to me let's just keep talking it'll come back I was like yes what Sharon is saying is so awesome but now I forgot what I was gonna say well I think we're kind of it is totally okay that happens sometimes I've been like I was interviewing uh, I was being interviewed for another podcast and sometimes when I'm doing that I feel like I have to keep talking because if I stop I'm gonna go blind (laughs) oh totally I feel like that's just my my I have such a quick brain that I am always very afraid of like losing my train of thought (laughs) because I do often like my mind just rate you know goes to the next thing pretty quickly so it's uh yeah it's hard to keep my train of thought <laughs> struggles yeah um but um I think well, so oh, oh go ahead <laughs> I was trying I was trying to just remind us I was it was kind of like we were talking about failure or like kind of oh <laughs> yes okay you actually reminded me so thank you <laughs> what I wanted to add to what you were saying is that um 
uh, sometimes what happens too is people get paralyzed by success and mm. fear of failure, right? And then they're not able to do anything. You know, I, I that that's not an uncommon thing that happens as well. Where, yeah, I, it 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 becomes so daunting the idea that you might not be successful, mm. um, that you're not able to to be productive in the way that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think it can partially be, well, maybe a lot of it is a subconscious uh, experience where like, you're not actively thinking like, oh, I'm just not going to go for this goal because I won't be able to do it. I mean, sometimes that's the case is that you're consciously choosing that. But then there are other experiences that I've had where I'm like, like in building my business, for example, like I am consciously building a business and setting that goal. But then there are ways in which I behave in that I'm like subconsciously sabotaging myself from being able to take action that will help me reach that goal. Oh, that's very interesting. How, how, what ways may I ask? Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so I'll have, um, so with like social media, for example, I will, I have to like promote myself on social media. That's part of like marketing is part of building the business. Um, ooh, actually I have another example. So networking <laughs> is also part of building the business, right? And so in networking, I will like reach out to other professionals to try to like introduce myself or start a conversation or build a relationship. And so like, I consciously have this goal of I'm going to network with other professionals, but then subconsciously I sabotage myself by like choosing to reach out to professionals who actually aren't aligned with my values or who like wouldn't be good referral sources for me. So then I feel I, like it almost confirms my fear that I'm not successful because I'm reaching out to people and it's like a dead end. And then I'm like, Oh, well, I'm not good at this business stuff. I can't do it. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. To find like evidence of why you're not successful. So I might as well just not do it. And it's a way of like protecting ourselves also from, from, from the pain of failing. But again, it's it's a quote unquote failing because it is all about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things, so you know, I think having a a business, man, I am constantly redefining success mm-hmm. every day because it's the only way I can keep going. Because wow. if I start, you know, comparing myself to other people, um you know, especially at the beginning of a business, like money, you're not going to be making a profit, you know, that's just a reality. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, who don't have businesses. Um, I think one of the biggest issues with social media that now has become the beacon of uh, what it means to be successful to look at those, you know, accounts that seem successful. That's the other thing. Seem is a very important word there Mm -hmm. because we, through social media, we've, we've become like very hyper about wanting to 
show success mm-hmm. and show that we are successful in the way that we think everybody else should see us as such because we can put whatever we want on there right yeah yeah it's so curated that it's like um like for me I think I notice this when I'm following other like I'll follow like business coaches or people who have like similar businesses to me and you're only seeing their curated content which is like 0.01 percent of their actual life you know and um and people are gonna maybe talk about their wins, you know, because that like looks great and yeah. get people interested. And if you see their win as like I had a like twenty thousand dollar month last month, um, and then like, but they're not talking about like the months or years of like not making a profit, or honestly, right. twenty thousand dollars might not be a profit depending on how right. you're spending. So you don't really have the whole picture of what's going on, but then you feel like, or like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not making $20,000 a month. I'm a failure because I've been like working at this so long and I'm not doing that yet. Right, 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 right. And we have, we don't have any idea. I mean, I think about those like big fashion brands a lot, like Gucci and Chanel and Louis Vuitton and, and, you know, they, they are, again, are like this ideal of success and that's how they present themselves. Like we have a store on Rodeo drive and a store in the fancy street in Milan. And, you know, we're dressing all the celebrities, but in reality, so many of those brands are completely bankrupt Mm -hmm. and that is not what we're getting and what you're seeing with those particular brands. Um, I'm only using this example because it was something I was talking about with someone recently, but uh, you know, you've got these big companies now that are buying them up because mm. they actually don't make any money. Oh, wow. And so I think that that's, that's just like a fascinating truth about what we consider as a society, like the most successful. Mm-hmm are maybe not successful in that particular way, like financially. Yeah. You know? And so sure. Are they successful in other ways? Yeah. They're successful in the sense of, you know, brand equity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess you notoriety. know, notoriety. Right. So, and that's where we have to redefine success. So like what, you know, for many businesses, I think people go into it, like making a profit is success. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the reality for businesses at the beginning, especially. Yeah. Um, and that's only and one so then, of Right. Right. And so like in my business, because I'm doing retail, I at first was like success is sales. Hmm. But sales are not rolling in at the point that I would need them to be to have a profitable profitable business and that's the truth Mm -hmm. so what is going to keep me going like how how do I define success every day and it's it's a struggle like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be real it is a struggle there are days where I want to give up there are days that I cry about it there are days that I have imposter syndrome like Mm -hmm. it is not (laughs) it's not easy at all and that is the 99% that we're not seeing on social media you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. wow I can relate so hard to that like it's like I have to wake up every day and remind myself like okay this is what I'm striving for because like one of the main 
motivators for me to start this business, Human Canine Collaborative, um, and stop doing Holistic Dog Expert, which was a smaller, well, not smaller, it was a good size uh, dog training <laughs> business in Los Angeles, where I provided in-person um, dog training services. And I also had dogs come and stay with me um, for training. And I just got, I got to a point, I was actually in 2020, where I was realizing that that business model was not sustainable because I like, I was just driving all over Los Angeles, going to people's homes. And then I always had a dog in my home and, um, I couldn't grow. Like I couldn't go to more homes than I was already going to. I couldn't have more dogs stay with me. Um, like I thought about like maybe hiring people and just like having more people do what I was doing, but that it still didn't feel like sustainable in a way that would lead to me like being able to retire one day or or um have my own dog you know or yeah you know so I shifted uh my business model to what it is now which is um work like offering digital services and also building um digital products that I could sell so that and like offering group services so that way I can reach more people but I can also um, have passive sources of income and things like that. So sustainability and health, like my own personal health were really big motivators for me to shift my business. But I have to always remind myself that that is my goal. And I was never having a goal to like be a millionaire or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And I think that's like the, what we're saying. It's like the redefining success on a daily basis. And you know, I can relate to that with cloud doodles also. Like I, I know that that's not like a million dollar idea and that's not my goal. My goal is also sustainability and my goal is to create community, which I have. And, you know, I also have to remind myself like community around mental health for um, dog parents, you know, yeah. and yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard though, because again, it's the comparison. It's who am I following on Instagram? Um, but again, I don't know what's going on in those businesses and those people's life. I don't know what success means for them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and let's say I was making hundreds of sales a week. What would that mean for my own personal and mental health? Mm. You know, um, which is something that I've been thinking about recently. I'm like, actually, that, that would be not so great right now in my life. Mm. But from from whatever this drive is to seem successful, that's the thing in the top of my head. I need to have 200,000 followers and I need to uh, be selling hundreds of, you know, boxes a week. Yeah. But that's not necessarily what would be good for me. Mm hmm right now yeah yeah because like that level of success like coming that quickly like you have to think about the reality of it and like okay what yeah. what do you actually have to do to maintain that um so that you don't crash or burn out or or something and it's like wow like I, you have to have systems in place and you have to like really plan for that and be able to handle it when you get there and getting there quickly, it's like, it's not realistic or healthy. No. And that's the other problem with social media nowadays is that you get this feeling of like, everybody's successful overnight. Right. right? And yeah. that's also just not, 
not true. And also what we're saying, like people who do get successful overnight, businesses that get successful overnight actually often fail in the end because they can't keep up with the growth. It's too quick. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're, you know, this is going back to urgency, right? Like we're in such a rush to to check all the boxes, to be successful, um, to make all the money. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think that that, that is uh, counterproductive. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. That makes me think of how like in 2020, after the social justice uprising began, um, and there was this drive to support black owned businesses And so like Mm. everybody was like flooding these businesses and a lot of them probably didn't make it because they had so much business so quickly and it wasn't sustainable. Um, And it was that it was urgency. And I think a lot of like maybe white fragility and shame that was like driving that act action. Um, And so like on two fronts, like one, it wasn't a sustainable support of black owned businesses. And two, it wasn't a sustainable like practice of anti-racism. That's actually such an interesting example because I think that's so true. There's like this, there's an urgency, I think because of what you're saying with white fragility of like needing to feel like I'm not, I'm not a racist, you know, and I need to like, but that's also this this need to be successful that you like you could put success on that. I'm a successful, not racist, right? right. Or anti-racist. Mm-hmm. And this like need or fear. I mean, that's like also fear driven of like how will people perceive me instead of really taking the time to think about like how can I challenge my own, you know subconscious racism that has been um part of my upbringing part of everybody's right yeah yeah it's like if you've been living under this perception that like there is no racism in the U.S. for example and then 2020 woke you up to how pervasive it is you can't change yourself overnight you know you can't change your actions or your thoughts or your internalized perceptions overnight it takes probably as long to change it as it took to develop it yeah but then again it's like I think it is all driven by this like need for external validation yeah like I need people to see (laughs) me as this which I mean and the thing is that there's not nothing like particularly it's not a bad thing also because we are social creatures and we have a strong need to belong. That's how we function. It's just when it becomes like dysfunctional, you know, and, and when that external motivation becomes more important than your internal motivation, like the, it will always be there and it should be there to a certain extent. Right. But when it just becomes that, then at the end of the day, I think you're going to be very disappointed as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once so- you reach success, if you do, you know. Right. <laughs> Quote unquote. Ooh, yeah. So it sounds like you're saying, like, if you're only um, following this external motivation or like striving for something because of how you want people to see you and you're not 
aligning your actions with your own values or internal motivation, then the success isn't going to mean what you think it's going to mean. That's exactly what I'm saying. And and the first example that pops into my head with that is celebrities. Oh yeah. That is just such a, you know, I grew up in LA, so I grew around, I grew up around this culture. Um, and not just LA, I grew up around the Hollywood culture. So I, I saw that a lot. People are so driven by wanting to be loved, admired mm-hmm. um, by everyone, you know? And, and so many of those people, when they become famous, if they become famous, it's never enough, first of all, because you're never going to be the most famous. Yeah. And Second of all, people are very disappointed and they get very depressed and there's rampant drug abuse to numb, numb those feelings out of like, oh my gosh, I've reached the definition of fame and wealth and success, but I still feel like shit and I still don't know who I am Yeah, because I only was trying to achieve this like exterior shell of success, but then what about on the inside? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm, That makes me feel kind of sad. Yeah, me too. I actually, I mean, I look at celebrities a lot and I mean, I don't look at them a lot. I actually unfollowed them all on my Instagram, (laughs) on my personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, whenever, uh, yeah, I feel sad. I I honestly feel sad for them more than anything Mm -hmm. because- I think most of them feel a lot of pain and, you know, I think you see some, like they come out that they go do the internal work afterwards because they realize like, oh, this, this is not like what I'm sorely disappointed because I don't feel fulfilled yeah. by being loved for something that I'm not, or, and that's not me, you know, it's just this this shell of a person that people love and admire. They don't actually know who I am. Right. Oh yeah. That's such a big component of Hollywood. And I'm thinking like both musicians and actors are like, we mm. fall in love with their character. Right. And I'm not saying right. like their, their character in terms of like their qualities, but we fall in love with the image that they're projecting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's why, like in my business, I so, I want to do more of this next year. I really want to focus on the lifestyle piece of my business Mm -hmm. and create more community, but also be wholeheartedly myself, my authentic self Mm -hmm. on social media. Um, You know, this podcast has been that for, for us, I think where we just want to be ourselves and um like you know you're not going to make everyone happy you're not going to touch everybody but like touch people in a way that helps them feel less alone mm-hmm. yeah and ultimately help yourself you know like make choices and do it in a way that is right for you also yeah yeah And another thing, you know, since we're talking about this, another thing that um, people don't talk a lot about, of course, we talk about fear of failure and how that might uh, impact our mental health, but people also don't talk about the fear of success. Ooh, you're right. Yes. That comes up sometimes with some of my, um, or has come up with my OT clients. 
Ooh, interesting. Do tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, like it comes up when they realize it that they it's kind of like what I was talking about before about like how I subconsciously sabotage myself in my business right and that and this could be a component of that as well like the fear of success because with with my OT clients I was working with people who um, were significantly ill and struggling to like do things like um, get a job or go through uh, school or um things like that. Like they're really socially impacted in terms of their ability to have relationships and be a part of society in the way that society deems as successful. And, um, and so there's this like healing period that they're going through when they're working with me. And then like, there's um, actions that they would take to move on from their healing and enter society, so to speak. And, and I have felt this as well, like in terms of um, like healing from post-traumatic stress and grief after like leaving Holistic Dog Expert in California and starting this new business, I, I got really comfortable in the healing period, you know, like at first it was weird to spend so much time on myself and my health, um, but then I got like comfortable with it and I'm like, okay, yeah, now I'm good at caring for myself. And then then it's time to transition out of the healing period and go back to work. And, um, and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and a lot of risk too. Cause it's like, okay, now I have to be society facing instead of just worrying about myself. And now I'm going to do something in which other people are going to rely on me or expect things from me. And that feels really scary because I'm not going to do it perfectly because I I'm human and I can't do it perfectly. So I'm going to make mistakes and people are going to see that. Yeah, oh, that totally. Yeah. You know, that makes me think like whenever I have a um like a block with doing like an Instagram story that's more personal, like everything you just described is that's the block. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that can be scary and heavy I mean it's a it's a heavy reality um and the responsibility it's a heavy responsibility it's a better way of putting it Mm -hmm. definitely yeah to be successful right and you know there are some people that um for example I've met this in an influencer who has maybe close to 300,000 followers and we had a conversation about you know what that means for him and it was fascinating that the first thing he said to me is people don't realize the the heaviness of responsibility that I that is put on you Mm. they don't realize like like what what that actually means once you get there right yeah wow yeah just like all the people who are expecting things from you and watching you yeah asking what you're putting out there Mm -hmm. you know yeah like what, how that could impact people. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. Um, this feels like we're getting to a, a natural pause and I'm wondering if you would like to take a break and then come back and talk about ways to care for ourselves as we strive for success. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> See you soon. We are so grateful to Benson's Pet Center for partnering with us on today's episode. 
Benson's Pet Center is a multi-generational, family-owned, and operated business with eight locations in the New York Capital Region. Benson's has the largest selection of pet food in the area. If they don't have what you're looking for, they'll even order it for you. You can bring your dog with you to pick out their favorite treats, and you can even give them a bath at the self-serve dog wash in three of their locations. Benson's has competitive pricing, even on subscription services, and I love knowing that my dollars are supporting a local business. The customer service at Benson's is consistently unparalleled, and the staff's extensive knowledge on pet nutrition is amazing. Can't make it out to the store? No problem. Order online before 3 p.m. on weekdays, and Benson's offers same-day delivery. And curbside pickup is available seven days a week. Benson's Pet Center where the motto is, we love your pets. Thank you, Bensons. Now back to the show. And we are back. So uh, we will start part two of uh, Success with Humans uh, with a quote that I actually happened to hear this morning in the car and was like, whoa, this conversation was meant to be today. Um I've been really into this other podcast <laughs> called Raising Good Humans. Um, and she was, the host was uh, always interviewed someone and was interviewing a poet about um, how to cultivate resilience and achievement in our children. And this quote came up about success uh, at the end of the episode so it is quoted um by Gloria Steinem who if you don't know who she was she uh really pioneered the second wave or third wave of feminism not sure which wave one of the waves of feminism in the 1970s um and they asked her a magazine asked her to define success and what she said was it's the moment you feel you do something you care about that you can be honest and live in the moment. Oh, I really like that. I feel like there could be so many moments when you think about it that way. Yes. And I think it really speaks to what I was saying earlier about being your authentic self also Mm -hmm. that success when you feel successful it is because you have completed something that was true to who you are and your values and another thing they went on to say in this podcast that that having a healthy sense of achievement also includes imagination Mm -hmm. and as adults we often lose that imagination and I think it also that ties back into like you know success has to do with something that you're doing that you care about mm-hmm. yeah and the word honest in there it makes me think of what you were just saying about authenticity right like just being yourself and true being true to yourself yes and so when we redefine success in our daily lives that's a very important check-in that I think you and I were describing before as well. That is what, what does, what goal am I going to achieve today or in five days or in five years that is 
what is going to be also good for me at the end of the day and not just like what we want to be seen as Mm -hmm. yeah Mm, that makes me think of this goal that I've had to like part of one of my I guess goals with my with how I work in terms of sustainability is to be able to listen to my body and and have like my body contribute to making decisions and also like stopping work at the end of the day at a time that feels like good and not basing like what not basing my completion of work on whether or not I've completed the to-do list that is such a difficult thing to do but Mm -hmm. I think it's such an important thing to do as well Mm -hmm. Um, we are so connected to our work because of our devices also and I think when you run your own business um, that's it's just very hard to put put the phone down put the computer away Mm -hmm. Um, and having like healthy boundaries for yourself and and that can be a day-to-day thing and I and I love what you're saying like listen to your body because it does depend the day Um, and also this this all ties back to perfectionism urgency culture Um, you know the other episodes that we've been talking about of why do you have such a need to finish your to-do list? Like, is that for you or is that because you feel like that's what you should be doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, going back to that internal versus external, like definitions of success. Yeah. And also like how we've internalized the external definitions, Mm -hmm. you know, and reframing that for ourselves. One of the things I love that my husband does is that he he's really like not a perfectionist in the sense where he's like, I did one thing today and like, that's good enough for me. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Me too. He's like, yeah, I went to the post office and uh, sent some packages. Like that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. That was successful. I don't need to do more than that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't have to do 20 things until midnight, you know, to be successful right in my own for my own in my own definition Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think we talked about this in the urgency episode that idea of like success as being like oh I'm like busy all the time I'm and I'm tired and miserable all the time my friend uh Melissa who I grew up with actually said once you're not happy unless you're miserable (laughs) because of that like (laughs) idea that like oh if you're (laughs) constantly busy and stressed out that means you're important and doing a good job (laughs) that's really funny but it's true (laughs) it's so true (laughs) well and that's the other thing you know we we didn't really talk about this but how, how I think the link between happiness and success and what we consider happiness that's another really big piece of this because I think so many people we want to be successful because we think that's going to make us happy right Right. and so we are trying to attain this success that society says if you do these things you're going to be happy 
mm-hmm. um, which is the biggest farce I've learned as an adult, and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> I thought if I went to grad school and I got married and I had a kid and did all those things that I would be happy. Yeah. But happiness doesn't work like that. It's not just like a, like a, okay, I'm happy now. And like all the other bad feelings are just right. gone. Like, mm-hmm. cause I completed what I was supposed to complete. You know, I, I, I'm learning as an adult happiness and comes in joyful moments, moments of excitement and it's small moments. It's not like these big, you know, of course I was happy and had a sense of achievement when I got my, my master's, but like what brings me joy or makes me happy in these days are cuddling with my dogs, painting with my daughter, you know, and you have to hold on to those moments as that's the only, those are the moments that, that are going to like make happy memories, I guess, because you can't be in a constant state of happiness. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Mine was burst a long time ago. So. <laughs> yep. Here's the reality check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there are some happy people that are just happy all the time. But I don't. I don't think so. I think that's usually a, that's toxic positivity. <laughs> <laughs> right, and just they're not tie really- all of the episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mm, I love what you listed though. It's just like, it sounds like being really present with your family and the people you care about, you know, like you said, cuddling with your dogs and painting with your daughter and um, yeah. And just like being present and having that connection and feeling that love. I think for, I can relate to that. I was thinking about times in which I've felt um, happy and content and also a sense of success with my work has been moments in which I'll like I'll overhear Tom interacting with Muggins in some way like there was one time a few months ago that Muggins um, like went over to their food bowl and then walked away and like didn't want to eat their dinner and and I heard Tom just kind of like processing out loud, like, oh, I wonder if the music is too loud. I'll turn it off and maybe then you'll want to stay in the room. Um, and then the other day, uh, Tom was teaching Muggins about this new treat puzzle that we got. And it was so freaking adorable. I was overhearing from the other room and Tom is saying things like, try over here, buddy. Okay. And then like, yeah, you got it. And then like, I think we're all done. And then oh no you were right there's one more and it was just like this so it was so sweet um to just like and these are like um these are like new ways that I've heard Tom interact with dogs um not that he's ever like interacted in a bad way with dogs but just like hearing him think about like how he might be impacting Muggins with his music or just like being really patient and encouraging um, or recognizing that Muggins knew something that he didn't. And I'm just like, oh, wow, like that's coming from the shift in how I'm approaching my work. And that feels so good. Like if I never make money on this business or make a profit (laughs) or anything, like I still feel like a huge success because of what I've witnessed in my own family. I love seeing you light up talking about this. Mm. Like it's, it's just like, I see it. I mean, people, there's some listeners that can't see your face, but you're just lighting up. Like you became so emotive 
when describing this and that's love that's joy of what you're describing you know for your partner for Megan's for their relationship for how you were able to help them yeah like these are the the wins right like these are the successes um and what I was saying like with cloud doodles it's similar like that my my wins have to do with the relationships I've created putting a smile on people's faces um you know, I, I, I actually, one of the things, this was so sweet, but I, so I have a group of ambassadors. One of my ambassadors made me, because she knows that I go through this sometimes, like the imposter syndrome that I struggle. Mm -hmm. And she made me a frame with all of the ambassadors wearing cloud doodles saying like sweet words. So I always had something to look at when I feel down. But that's something you can make for yourself also, right? It made me think that like, this is such a beautiful, like visual um, interpretation of what, how Cloud Doodles is successful for, to me and for me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's definitely like, I think another way um, you can do that. And and I think something we're really tapping into also is gratefulness here, mm. you know? Yeah, that these are moments of gratitude that we have, and and ultimately, like those are the warm moments that give us joy and and warm moments of happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I and know. I think because these um, moments of joy and success are not necessarily like recognized by society or like talked about publicly or reinforced through like cultural norms. Um, we have to actively keep those moments present, like you're saying, with um, yeah. how the ambassador created that visual image for you. And yeah. I, yeah, I've been doing that um, in similar ways. Like I have on the back of my door over here, I have, I just like put all of this paper so that I can write down when um, like someone reaches out to me on Instagram and tells me that my work is really meaningful to them or mm. when a client's like achieves something that they were working on. Um, and then on my desktop computer, I have this wins tracker that my business coach Des Davis um, gave me. And so it's like a digital document and it lists every day of the week. And then you write down your wins on every day and you describe like, why was that a win? And so it's something I've been trying to do every week, um, if not like check in every day and put something on there so that I'm constantly reminding myself of the things that I have accomplished in this journey and the ways in which I am successful. Yeah, I, I totally love that. I mean, and that's part of, and that's a practice, right? Like that's mm -hmm. something, you know, when we're reframing things, we have to practice them because it's not the messaging that we're getting and it's not the internal messaging we're getting because we've been taught something a certain way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's hard, like, like it's hard to do that. It's hard to challenge your, you know, the wiring of your thinking that has been reinforced over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just saying, I'm saying those things because it is a practice and, um, well, one of the things I had another ambassador, I love my ambassadors, obviously they're huge supports to me and they've become, a lot of them have become close friends of mine. Another yeah. ambassador of mine, I was really bummed. I think it was last year. I was like, I only made 200 sales and like, I wanted to make more. And she was like, Angela, if you were in a store and 200 people were lined outside the door to buy your things, you would be thrilled. And I was like, <laughs> 
oh my god you're so right but you know again and this has to do with the on with with instagram and online and numbers that, that are very high and you know we're and it makes me think again with the store like we're we're, we're this was we're comparing ourselves to a huge worldwide pool you know back in the day as if I'm like 70 years old but I'm not you had small peer group you you compared to yourself to the people in your village and that was it right Mm -hmm. um and now we just have and I feel for the younger generation because you're not just comparing yourself to the who you think is you know the quote-unquote pretty girl at school Mm -hmm. now it's like hundreds of thousands of the pretty girls at school yeah you know who who you perceive again who you perceive as the successful kid in high school for example which Mm -hmm. a lot of times those kids are struggling and again that has to do with our reframe like the people who who seem successful I think are often the ones that are actually suffering the Mm -hmm. most yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah (laughs) so I think I'm thinking now of also talking about failure and how we approach that, you know, mm, because yeah. like in thinking about these, um, these people that we think are successful or that we view as successful, it, um, there's this phenomenon of like how we change our view of them if they make a mistake or, um, or go a different direction, you know? Yeah. And that feel, and that's kind of like getting back to like that, like choosing not to get the license that goes with your degree because you're going in a different direction and how people view that um, versus how you can view that for yourself. Well, the first thing that comes up for me, I'm thinking celebrities because we were talking about celebrities (laughs) and, you know, what you're saying, of course, with the license is true, but I'm thinking celebrities because- it does happen a lot celebrities have this up 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 and then they're at the top and then they do something or produce something that people don't like Mm -hmm. and it completely flips how people view them and that's a very Mm -hmm. painful thing I think a lot of people who are quote-unquote successful from societal point of view they also have to keep keep it up Mm -hmm. and that pressure yeah. You know, maybe that's what that influencer was saying to me, the pressure of that responsibility of also keeping it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, we can so quickly flip like how as, mm-hmm. as the public, we flip on, on people a lot, on public figures a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, I really relate to that because like right now I'm in a period in my business where I'm kind of like pulling back from marketing and networking because I want to assess the systems that are in place in my business and like establish better systems so that I can not feel burnt out and I can actually move forward. And I've really struggled with how to, um, how to be public facing it during this time, right? Because it feels like I'm failing at something if I'm not public facing for a while, or if I'm not marketing or anything, Um, And it kind of feels like, oh, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing by like taking a break. That's such a difficult, yeah, like that's, that's a really hard feeling to deal with because of, again, like today's world, like we're told like you need to be active, constantly showing yourself and 
yeah, so maybe you lose two or three followers, but at the end of the day, for you to redefine success and to feel success and a healthy sense of achievement, mm. that's what you need to be doing right now. And sometimes taking a break, it, it is what we need to do mm-hmm. and take a step back. Um, yeah. And I think that's part of reframing success and dealing with, with, with failure. Mm-hmm. I've actually been wanting to do that myself a little bit, take a step back. But I think that's the other thing, like, this is going into a little bit of a different topic, but sometimes I think about, okay, if I took a step back from Cloud Doodles or even stopped it, like, does that mean it wasn't successful? Mm. And my answer is no. It was successful because I learned so much mm-hmm. to take into whatever is next. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes also it's, not it is a success to also call it quits sometimes not that I'm going to call it quits on cloud doodles but (laughs) it's important to reassess these things you know and what my favorite thing to tell people when they quit a job is congratulations and people are like what and I'm like no congratulations because you you felt something in yourself that it was time to move on Mm -hmm. and to move forward does it mean you know, your five years doing whatever you were doing was, was a failure? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my goodness. I had this, um, I, when I was working with my business or my consent coach, Mia Schachter, we were having this conversation and I was like, in my head, I believed that I was like rejected from this job that I, I chose to leave. <laughs> and Mia was like, no, Sharon, you chose that. And that was a good thing because they weren't paying you enough and they weren't valuing you. And it was the right move for you to walk away from that. But in my head, I was like, they rejected me. <laughs> and it's terrible. And yeah, I'm a failure. Yeah, felt like a failure. But I had to like consciously remind myself that like, no, I chose that. And even though it felt like a failure because it was a choice that a lot of people wouldn't make or that like felt like I'm getting, I'm walking away from this opportunity. Um, But honestly, staying in that position would have been a failure because I wasn't valued or compensated. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like a beautiful reframe for the whole situation. I think you can also think about, you know, people who go through breakups, for example, of like long-term partnerships and then feeling like that was, that's a failure of your relationship, but it's not, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Like it's very Mm -hmm. courageous to walk away from a a long-term relationship that, that just isn't serving either party anymore. Mm -hmm. And does it mean the whole relationship was a failure? No, like you learned a lot Mm -hmm. from that relationship and moving into your next one you're going to be able to apply all these things. So every experience that you're having, if you're approaching that, you know, like Gloria Steinem is saying, if you approach it um, true to yourself with authenticity and in the moment, uh, your honest self, mm-hmm. you're going to learn a lot from that. Yeah. And that is a success. Mm-hmm. And living is a success. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I really like how you're bringing in um, learning as like, if you learn something that is a success, because we learn so much from trying something and failing at it, um, that it's like trying something and failing is so amazing, right? It's like really brave and it's really important to do, to be like, oh, okay, when I do it that way, that doesn't work out. So now I've learned that I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. Um, and that's such an important process of achieving something and growing as a human being. Yeah. And I mean, so many of these public figures that we admire, uh, you know, as a public that we really, really admire, most of those people, if you look at their stories, they have failed time and time again, yeah. a lot. Mm. You know, I'm thinking about Kobe Bryant randomly, but mm. he he would go every morning before everybody else and stay after practice, and he would throw uh, what's it called three shoot three pointers. I think so. <laughs> Not a basketball person, but. <laughs> He threw the ball at the net. He threw the ball at the net, but he, but I'm inspired by him. You know, you let him give a shit about basketball, but he has three pointers. He would throw three pointers over and over a hundred times in a row. And if he missed one, he would start over. And that's, that's a failure, right? Like, oh no, I missed one. Mm. And what he could give up and walk out, but he said, no, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. And like that discipline also Mm -hmm. to attain your goals um like that's that's a beautiful thing because that is someone also showing resiliency and um I think a lot of these athletes I never realized it but I a lot of these like sort of athletes that have persevered they they deal with failure very well and adversity very well because Mm -hmm. so many of those sports are such a mental game and um they learn and they apply and I think there's something very uh, inspiring about that Mm -hmm. yeah and I think I'm thinking about like how how do they do that how do they sustain that practice and they must have really good coaches around them and like people who have that reframed view of failure and I think that's really important to cultivate in your I think so too good coaches, good supports and good teams. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do see that, like, like I actually was watching the Beckham documentary. Mm. Um, and that was, it's his early years coach at Manchester United and their team was so strong, I guess, in cultivating, um, what's the word in cultivating, like cooperation within each other and supporting Mm. each other, no matter what, Mm. you know, that, that creates, yeah, it creates resiliency in the Mm -hmm. individuals also, because like we said before, we're social creatures. We need the sense of belonging and we need the support. And that is also part of reframing success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about, Mm -hmm. I have uh, my friend Carla, who I went to OT school with. Um, I will, Mm -hmm call her up anytime I like need to talk to someone who sees me as a success um because she does she's like looks at me and she's like wow you're like trying to build your own business and that's amazing and um and like sometimes I need someone on the outside looking at me through that lens 
that like just trying it is successful um yeah. because I forget that that's what I'm doing and I forget also that people see me in that way and so thank you Carla I love you so much for <laughs> being that person for me <laughs> but that's such an important aspect in in all of this like it's not the individual also right like that creates it's a, a success it's our relationships with people it's the support that we have. And and throughout this whole podcast, we are talking about how other relationships impact our view of success. You know, you were talking about Tom earlier and Carla. Now I was talking about my ambassadors. I was yeah. talking about Rick, like having those support systems are huge in, yeah. in, in also helping us um, like reframe it also how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that actually goes really oh sorry (laughs) go ahead (laughs) what were you gonna say no tell me first I was thinking of how um like uh how your dog sees you Mm. like does your dog see you as a success and what does that mean (laughs) like what are the qualities that your dog loves about you and how can you keep those present in your mind to remind yourself that you are successful well, I think like, I don't know. I think my dogs love me just for who I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for loving them, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, right. Like they probably view you as like someone who always comforts them when they need it or like who has the best treats and who <laughs> is just so delighted to be with them too. Yeah, will take me for walks and take care of me and yeah yeah I think that's a beautiful also a beautiful relationship that you know can give you a lot of self-esteem in that way also Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely well what I was going to say before actually was that I felt like this was a really good um transition into my care tip oh awesome Uh, great because it is about relationships so (laughs) um do you feel ready to transition into the care tip? Mm-hmm, I do. Okay. I feel, I feel really good about this conversation. I loved it. So I would love to finish it with um, a care tip that is called the loving kindness meditation. And it's actually a Buddhist meditation it comes from a Buddhist practice. Um, and I actually learned it when I was doing my mindful birthing class. <laughs> Neat. And it actually helped me a lot uh, when I was going through um, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember why, but I literally can't remember being pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> this is by, by all, I mean, nature's way of making you have more children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been great. I'll do it again. <laughs> it was not great. That's all I remember. <laughs> But I used to practice this a lot. I just don't remember why it was helpful at the time. <laughs> Amazing. But I still do. I still do practice it. And I actually wanted to um, make a poster with this for my daughter in her room. Oh, I love that. Um, you should paint so, it. Hmm? You should paint it on the wall. Yeah, I want to do something like that. So I'm I'm going to walk you guys through it. I actually got this script here. And um, I just... Yeah, I, I think I'd like to walk walk you through it with this script. Um, and let's take the time to really do this uh, in the way it was meant to be done. 
Awesome. All right. So, so begin by getting yourself comfortable, whether you're seated or laying or in the bathtub, if you're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So allow yourself to switch from your usual mode of doing to non-doing to simply being you can close your eyes here connect with your body if you feel like it and bring your attention to your breathing follow your breath as it comes in and then out of your body without trying to change it simply be aware of it and any feelings associated with it give full attention to each in-breath and then to each out breath being totally here in each moment with each breath if distracting thoughts arise acknowledge them without becoming involved and return to the practice take a moment now to consciously set an intention for this practice some examples might be to open my heart to care for myself, to cultivate loving kindness. Now I want you to bring to mind a person or a pet for whom you are happy to see and have deep feelings of love. Imagine or sense this person or pet noticing the feelings you have for them arise in your body. It may be a smile that spreads across your face. It may be a warmth in your body. Whatever it is, allow it to be felt. Let go of this person or pet and continue to keep in awareness the feelings that have arisen. Bring to mind now and see if you can offer loving kindness to yourself by letting these words become your words. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live in peace. No matter what I am given, may my heart be filled with love and kindness. Notice the feelings and sensations that arise and let them be. Now try offering loving kindness to someone who supports you. Bring that person to mind and let these words become your words. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live in peace no matter what you are given. May your heart be filled with love and kindness. Notice the feelings and sensations that arise and let them be. Once feelings for a loved one flow easily, Turn your attention to someone with whom you have difficulty. It is best not to start with the most difficult person, but someone who brings up feelings of slight annoyance or irritation. See if you can let these words become your words as you keep this person in awareness. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live in peace no matter what you are given. May your heart be filled with love and kindness. 
Notice the feelings and sensations that arise and see if you can just allow them and let them be. Now bring your mind to broader community of which you are part of. Imagine your family, your colleagues, your neighbors. Fan out your attention until you include yourself in this offering of love and kindness as you let these words become your words. May we be safe. May we be happy. May we be healthy. May we live in peace no matter what we are given. May our hearts be filled with love and kindness. Notice the sensations and feelings that arise within you. Sit with them for a few moments until you are ready to end the practice and open your eyes. Mm. I always get a little like teary-eyed when a meditation goes really well. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it went well. <laughs> Thank you. I really that. yeah, I I it's it was a bit weird because I wasn't able to do it myself, but I um I actually remembered when I was reading it what what I why I did it when I was pregnant and it was to feel less alone it was during the 2020 pandemic wow. and to feel connected you know the one where we say we in community mm-hmm. that was often I would bring that to all the women I knew that were pregnant mm. at the time and then all you know the women that were pregnant around the world like I would imagine them and it would just yeah, I would bring tears to my eyes also. And just, I could let go of like a lot of difficult feelings of unknown and um, loneliness. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like it was like really helpful to remind you that you are part of a community, even if you are physically separated from people. Yeah. So what was it like for you? What what brings the tears? Um, I think partially just like a release of stress. There are stress hormones in our tears. And so like when my body is relaxing, it will like just flush my eyes out, <laughs> which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. And like really just being able to think about um, like when you said like, um, don't choose somebody who's like the most difficult person, but someone who has like a slight annoyance. And I was like, oh yeah, like sometimes we get annoyed with people and we just like reject them in some way or like judge them in some way, you know? And this meditation just helped me remember like, oh yeah, those are like people too. And um, I'm probably on somebody's annoyance list if they're doing the meditation. <laughs> so like, we're all the same. We all annoy each other and we all struggle. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that was, that's such a beautiful piece of this because it, it really, like in my experience of practicing this, like it really helps you like let go of a lot of resentment. Yeah. Um, and, and just anger, like general feelings of anger or annoyances. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that this particular practice, that, you know, there's different variations of this, but when I was practicing it, there was also one where you can imagine an acquaintance and send them loving kindness. And that always made me really emotional, actually, because I would even like pick, you know, 
the guy who was selling me falafel, who I just like randomly talk to some and just send him positive, you know, loving kindness energy, yeah. even though I don't know him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Those moments are so important. You know, like when like someone's like delivering a package and you just like thank them in some yeah. way, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I picked this for today because I think when we're talking about success, I think sometimes it, we pit ourselves against each other in that sense. And like this meditation is, I think, a way to like reframe success and competition mm-hmm. with each other and success within ourselves. And, you know, we're all, I think the goal of, again, underneath it, our goal of success is to feel happy, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah like sometimes we think that wealth is going to make us happy or fame is going to make us happy mm-hmm. or our business is going to make us happy and that's that's also the other thing like maybe if our businesses were like whatever you know our exaggerated definition of successful is like would that make us happy mm, I don't know maybe not maybe not yeah <laughs> <laughs> such a great question Thanks for this conversation, Angela. I felt really um, like we really touched on a lot of things that we've been feeling and thinking about and were able to name them. So that felt really good. Totally. I really, I really appreciated this conversation. It was definitely an overdue one. And I think um, yeah, it's just really nice to talk about this because it's such a topic that is on my mind a lot. And um, I just really enjoy dissecting these these topics with you (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a deep way yeah yeah and feeling that sense of camaraderie with you also that like okay yeah we're in this together and we're experiencing similar struggles yeah yeah I mean that also like I mean I'll listen to this when I feel alone also you know and I hope that um for listeners that this also helps people feel less alone and whatever they're aiming for or their goals are and that you know um, it can be a struggle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely applaud you regardless of the outcome. You are successful just for trying. Yeah, and you're learning while you're trying. And that's, to me, is successful. That's my definition of success. Love it. <laughs> okay. And we'll see you next week on Success with Dogs. Ooh, that's like a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother thing. <laughs> totally, that's going to be great. Um, yeah, before, we, before we sign off, do you have any updates that you want to share from Cloud Doodles? Oh my gosh, of course. Yes, um, I do. I have one update uh, that I want to get out there. So we just launched some Christmas bundles. There's seven of them. If you have um, to do any last minute shopping for friends with with pups or cats, <laughs> we also have size extra, extra small now for cats. Um, that's awesome <laughs> uh yeah if you need to do some last minute shopping we have bundles that are free express worldwide shipping um and you can order them up until december 21st so nice. you will get it guaranteed before christmas um i know sometimes life gets really busy and uh you know you gotta get those gifts last minute so <laughs> we're here for you <laughs> awesome <laughs> how about you sharon do you have some updates 
Yeah, well, while I am in this sort of like uh, pulling back a little bit from public facing activities, I am uh, still available for behavior consulting or coaching if you are looking uh, for some support in that way. And um, my workbooks are still available. My digital workbooks is as well as some uh, pre-recorded classes and you can get gift certificates. So if you're looking for a guest uh, for a gift for a dog lover in your life, you can purchase a gift certificate and support them in um, supporting their relationship with their dog. That's a good one. Great yeah. gift. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, go to buymeacoffee.com slash HDHH podcast and send us a few bucks so that we can stay awake and energized to make more content. Even though we are licensed professionals in our own field of work, Angela, LCSW, Sharon, OTD, and CDBC, This podcast is not intended to replace individual therapy for humans or behavior support for dogs. We approach our conversations from an exploratory, observational, and strictly personal lens. If you are struggling with your mental health, your dog's behavior, or if you or your dog have experienced a recent traumatic event, please see the resources section on our websites for a list of resources and places that can help. Visit either www.hc-collab.com slash happy dog, happy human, or www.clouddoodles.com slash happy dog, happy human. This podcast is made possible by the collaboration between Cloud Doodles and Human Canine Collaborative. Check out our websites at www.clouddoodles.com or www.hc-collab.com. Special thanks to Tom Fox for support with editing and production consulting. You can find Tom at tomfoxphotos.com. Special, special thanks to Muggins, Duchess, Pepper, and Biscuit for sound effects and story examples. We could not and would not ever want to do this without you. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha